630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. What was that Wayne Gretzky skit? You score on 100% of the shots you take? No, that's not what it was. It just seemed like that tonight for the Vancouver Canucks in the first 12 and a half minutes. Because they had four shots on goal, and they had four goals. And they go on to beat the Edmonton Oilers 6-3. Really rough outing for Miko Koskinen. He was the goalie who started for Edmonton and did not make a save. The Oilers fought back a bit. They got within 4-2. They got within 5-3. But Brock Besser gets a late goal to seal the deal. So Vancouver takes it 6-3. The Oilers drop the 32 18 and 2 on the season. Not a very good night overall for the Oilers that we are going to discuss on, on a much more serious note than anything that happened on the ice today. Massive fire uh, in St. Albert tonight, and we'll have an update for you on our next newscast or on global television tonight and on global television, whichever form of media you want to consume. And I'm looking at the story on globalnews.ca. This is at the Citadel Muse Senior Cares Facility located on Aaron Ridge Road next to Sturgeon Community Hospital in St. Albert. Rob, you'll know the location far better than I would. Yeah, it's right by the Shoppers Drug Bart and the hospital. Uh, yeah, it's scary. Uh, the images are unbelievable. Uh, they say that they've gotten everybody out. Uh, hopefully that is the case. Uh, absolutely horrifying images if you see them on Twitter or somewhere on the news tonight. Yeah, just an absolutely uh, massive fire that uh, started around 8, 8.15 tonight. And I think that the uh, they've been battling that since about 8.30. And you're right, Rob, if people are seeing these images on Twitter, just stunning and, and frightening to see. So hopefully everybody is uh, is safe. But obviously a big news story tonight that I, that I did want to mention. And uh, we'll keep you updated in our newscast as we move along. Thanks a lot for joining us, though. Yeah, Rob, just, I, I mean, it was... Uh, one of those, well, what's going to go wrong tonight for the Oilers in the first 12 and a half minutes? I mean, just absolutely everything. It, it did. It started early. Uh, the puck comes from behind the net. Pugliarvi does a bit of a flyby. Uh, puck in the net. Uh, Kulikov has the puck on his stick. He's got his defensive partner that he could have gone behind the net to. Easy way, get the puck out, and you're all out of trouble. He goes up the boards, and there was no oiler even close to a turnover, and 2 nothing. And then the third goal I think was the yeah the third goal was the one that um, Darnell Nurse battling for the puck and kind of whacks it across the ice Hamannick walks into it I don't think he gets anywhere close to as much as he wanted on it and Koskinen gets his blocker on it but almost deflects it into his own net it, it was one of those weird ones normally when you see it come off a blocker you see the puck flying towards the the, the corner or off the glass this one just kind of ballooned up in the air and then just laid back down into the net. That one's on Koskinen, and so was the fourth one. Uh, just a, a misplay in front of the net. The Canuck tried firing it, missed it. Another guy throws it, five hole. And then Koskinen, as Bob said, had a little meltdown as he broke his stick badly across the post for nothing end of his night okay courtesy mattress superstore give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life take the sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress Oilers head coach dave tippett so ryan Rashog, tsn dave found yourselves in a pretty big hole there early um from where you were standing what was the most frustrating part about the the early part of that game well, the first two is, first one's poor coverage, second one's a poor turnover, and the third one's are third and fourth one are poor, should have been saves from the goalie. So I don't know if I've ever seen that where your first four shots go in your net. So a big hole to jump out of. Um, obviously lots of game left. What did you see from your group the rest of the way? Uh, we scored a couple, but didn't get close enough. Derek Van Dees, Post Media. Hi, Dave. When it, when, with, when it comes to Miko, he seems, he obviously has a tendency to, to give up that first first shot of the game. And it just, does it go from there? Is it confidence with him Do you saw tonight? Or what was the situation when it just kind of kept rolling like that? Yeah, I just, I don't know what it is. It's, we didn't play very well in front of him early. And then, uh, you know, like I say, the third and fourth, and the third one especially is one that I think he'd like to have back. So, some nights is just uh, not your night. In a situation like that, uh, obviously, you let him have the, 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 after the third goal, you let you kept him in there. But 
was there ever a thought of let him, letting him fight through this, letting him battle through this, or after that fourth goal, you just thought, oh, I got to get him out of there? Yeah, after the third one, I was going to let him battle, but then the fourth one, I decided we needed a change. Daniel Ninja Bowman, the athletic. Um, Dave, I'm just kind of interested, in, uh, curious what you say to your team after a night like this, just because you've done so well recently and you clinched a playoff spot. Not to say this game is meaningless, but in terms of the standings, it, it, you know, do you just kind of let it slide, or, or how, how do you kind of approach something like this after after a game? All I said after the game is we need a good practice tomorrow. Uh, what you know, you said you, you guys kind of battled back, but you you didn't you didn't get enough goals. What I mean, can you maybe elaborate on what you, you saw from the team over the last 45 minutes after the, after being down four nothing? We had lots of attempts at net. I think we had almost 70 attempts at net, and just. Not enough push. Jerry Jones, Post Media. Yeah, Dave, uh, first of all, how, how does this affect the way uh, you're going to handle your uh, your goaltender usage, I guess, uh, in the last four games before uh, the playoffs? Well, this was supposed to be Koski's game, but uh, Schmidt got it, but we'll stay with the plan we have in place. And uh, did you give any uh, consideration to uh, to backing up Stalock in this game? No, I didn't. Thank you. Thank you. If there are no more questions, this concludes tonight's media availability. Well, not much to say for Dave Tippett. Can't blame him as much as we like uh, elaborate answers and explanation. I don't think there's much to explain tonight. And he said it. First goal is... Uh, bad coverage second goal is a bad turnover third and fourth goaltenders are on cost third and fourth goals are on Koskinen he said he let him battle wanted to see him battle after the third goal and then he had to let another one in did say that he's gonna stick with Smith though for Saturday that that's the plan the fourth goal Rob that was I mean obviously they're all backbreakers early in the game but that one especially because look we we watch the game from a great vantage point but there are still some plays that happen so fast, even observers, the Canucks fifth goal, for example, were like, wait, what? You, like, you need to go back and watch the video. But that shot, I'm watching that, and it was Horlick's goal, and he didn't get all of it. And I'm thinking, okay, that's just dribbling on net. And then Koskinen actually got what appeared to be a substantial piece of it, and I thought, okay, he, there's his first save, relax. And then... Oh, no, I see the puck. Oh, it's going to go in. Oh, it went in. Yeah, it, it, it was a tough one. Um, I think when you're on the bench in situations like that, the first two go in, and you know as a team those were on you. Uh, you got this, your backup goalie coming in. You want to have a good night for him because he doesn't get as many opportunities. And, and, and you make a couple big mistakes, the Oilers did. So you're sitting there going, you know what, we let our goalie down. The third one goes in, you're like, huh. Okay, um, now we really have to battle. But when the fourth one goes in, you're like, oh, there's a big drop uh, in emotion and um, energy on the bench when that comes in. Because now you're looking up at the clock and it's 4 nothing, four shots. And you're like, ooh, wh which way is this game going? And I think at that point, that's why Dave Tippett had no choice but to make a change. I think he needed to find some energy for his group. I, I th think there's also the worry of could it get even uglier? And this is a goalie that you may have to rely on at some point in the playoffs. And then you saw him, uh, Koskinen, lose his cool uh, with his stick across the post. Uh, so you're like, okay, let's get him out of here. Let's get reset. And you're almost starting a new game at that point. Okay, it's 0-0. That's what we're going to go with with Smith and Nett. Let's try and win the rest of the game and see where we go from here. But, yeah, you're right. It, that is a backbreaker at that point. That's where you have to, as Dave Tippett did, re reset his game by changing his goalie. Uh, Trento from up north, he says, how do the Oilers swap out Koskinen for Stalock? What has to happen? Can you fully explain? Well, yeah, I can explain it. Dave Tippett has to walk up to Alex Stalock and say, you're dressing in the next game. And he has to walk up to Miko Koskinen and say, Miko, we're not going to dress you for the next game. Alex Stalock is on the active roster. It's not complicated. No. The Oilers don't appear to have a plan to even dress him no, as I, a backup. And I, I've said this ever since he got here. He's here as an emergency. Uh, up until tonight, um, Koskinen has been very good as a backup goalie to Mike Smith. This was a bad game. They all have him. And uh, I, I, again, in le I, Koskinen's going to get another start, possibly two, before the season is over. And I get, at that point, if, if he has another... Uh, 
off night like tonight. Well, maybe decisions will be made, but uh, the Edmonton Oilers and the coaching staff, in my opinion, have no thought of using Stalock other than as a third goaltender if there's an injury. Mr. C from Calgary writes in. He says, guaranteed Koskinen was upset with himself when he broke his stick, but all players have bad games. Darnell nursed too many penalties, didn't seem focused on the game, even though he helped with the third goal. I agree. I, I said that after the game with Bob, that uh, this was the first time in, in a while that I th- thought the Oilers let frustration and, and their emotions get to the best of them. And uh, again, it's it, this is a really a nothing game. The Oilers are going to be second place. Vancouver is a team that's on the outside. That's they're a non-playoff team. Uh, really, this game doesn't mean a lot. So if you're going to have an off night with your emotions, this is the one to do it. Having said that, and Dave Tippett, as you could tell after the game, wasn't happy. And it's the little things that he's been talking about down the stretch in these meaningless games is where the Oilers are going to end up in the playoff race but he wanted them to go in doing all the right things uh, winning hockey games, winning battles winning uh, races being smart, being disciplined and tonight discipline was a a factor for the others. They weren't, and the referees let other they, things they go. They probably should have been shorthanded more, more than they off. were. Absolutely, they should have. And it was their, their leaders. Nurse took uh, a bunch of penalties, dry settled in front of the net on a power play. Connor got lucky a couple times. His stick got up twice, once on Myers, which means his stick was up really high if it got up to Myers' face. Uh, but frustration does come in at times, and tonight it did. But to me, it's a one-off. You forget about this game as a fan or as a broadcaster, and you look forward to the next one. I believe the Oilers will be much better. Saturday night. I think they will too. I do want to bring this up, Robin. You and I have touched on this a couple of times in the last two weeks. And I, I am going to nitpick a little bit here, mm-hmm. but we are approaching the playoffs where you're not going to play Ottawa and you're not going to play Vancouver and yep. you're not you're not going to play Calgary. And yes, I know they've had success against Winnipeg, but you know, you're going to be playing another hungry team that, mm-hmm. that like we've talked about, okay, now we're one of 16. Now we would, you know, we want to win and be one of eight. I still don't really know, and maybe we'll know in the playoffs. Maybe that'll be true. If the Oilers are a great starting team, <laughs> because a lot of, I might even say most, if not all, elite championship teams, they almost always play well in the first 10 minutes. Now, you know, and sometimes you reach, you go deep in the playoffs, and, and both teams do it, mm-hmm. and then that leads to a great series, or, or one team's a little better. And I know the Oilers are are plus in the first period. They've outscored the opposition 49-42. Well, before tonight, so I guess now it's 51-46. So they're plus five in the first period. But I I feel like we have seen some opening 10 minutes in games where if not for Smith, and yep. even Koskinen a couple yep. times, Koskinen in that one game in Winnipeg made a couple huge saves early and then the Oilers won. I feel like the Oilers' first period success is as much goaltending as it is to coming out and taking control with forecheck and an offensive push. Oh, I, I think it's it's more goaltending. I don't think it's as much goal. I think it's more goaltending is what has got them through a lot of those. And, and the thing that you're going to see in, in playoff series, uh, you're going to be playing against much better teams, especially offensively. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, is uh, the struggles they've had, if they get Ehlers back and, and uh, Lowry starts playing up to his potential and gets healthy again, that's a team that can score. The Toronto Maple Leafs, we all know, are a team that can score. So if you get off to slow starts against those teams, they have the opportunity to, to build a lead on you. And we saw what the Toronto Maple Leafs can do when they get a lead, how good a good uh, defensive team and how good a defensive effort they can put out there. You don't want to be chasing games. And the Oilers, I agree, the Oilers have not had some great starts as of late. They've either fallen behind or their goaltender has made, uh, has given them the opportunity to find their legs. At, at playoff time, it, goals become harder to find. And if you find yourself behind in games, they don't call penalties as much. So you don't get as many power plays to get yourself back into hockey games. The Oilers got to be better in the first 10 minutes of hockey games going into the playoffs. I fully agree with you. So that'll have to be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Our friend Joaquin Gage has posted on Twitter. I always stopped the first one. It was the second, third, and fourth ones I had trouble with. (laughs) 
I I've played many a beer league game with him and uh, many a, an event. Uh, we always felt that he was good enough that we didn't have to play defense. So we'd let him get the first seven or eight shots. If he stops those, I'd always swoop in and get the ninth rebound and pull it out of trouble. Joaquin is uh, an entertaining man. Yes, he's, he is. He's joined us on the airways a few times over the years that you see him on TV. And uh, he is... <laughs> Most hockey players are are humble and self-deprecating. <laughs> he takes it to a new degree. If, he's, if you didn't see Joaquin play, he he was not nearly as incompetent as he presents himself. <laughs> he uh, no he, he oh, no don't get me wrong he was incompetent, but not <laughs> nearly as no I'm joking. He played in the National Hockey League. Yes, he can he, play goal, and he played in Europe for a long time, and he got in a huge fight and beat a kid up. So remember that I he, that's a great story. We gotta get him to tell that. It again is someday. it makes me giggle because you know every the, time. about the newspaper yep. on the bus. Yep. <laughs> we'll, we'll paraphrase. I've had it on my show <laughs> probably three years ago. It's one of those, it's good enough getting him on the radio every couple of years and say, could you just tell that story again? But basically, he, and there wasn't, I think he, what, was it Sweden? Was it somewhere else? But obviously, there's not as much fighting in, mm-hmm. in Europe. And he fought a relatively young player, like I think a 19-year-old, and beat him up. And the next day, he's on either the bus or their subway, whatever it is, going to practice. And he sees this old lady, like, looking at him sideways and he looks at her, and she's reading the newspaper, and he's on the front page of the paper, m- you know, <laughs> mid-punch on this kid, and the headline was something like, crazy Canadian goalie loses his mind. Or on something on like that. teenage boy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I do remember. When he tells the story, I just start laughing because we've had him on our show a few times when we used to do it before the games, and I start giggling as he's getting to the, the good parts. He's a very good storyteller. Very good. Here's a good text. I don't know who sent this. It's uh, from an anonymous name. COVID Canucks calmly crush Connor's crew comfortably, causing coaches consternation. That is now, a that fantastic alliteration See, that, right there. Sign your name or give yourself a handle. That that's is a, good. That's a beauty. We'll send you a canned ham for that one. That's really good. Seriously, we have canned ham. They're more associated with inside sports, but I kind of have control of them, so if I'm hosting a show, I can use them. We've been together for 10 years. I've never got a canned ham from you. Well, we just, long story short, Kellen and I just discovered them recently. So we don't know how long we've had the canned ham? (laughs) Long story short, Letterman used to have canned hams. Uh When he left, we somehow procured all those canned hams. I'm excited now. Somebody texting in from Evansburg. That's where I used to live when I was a lad. I've seen the sign as I drive past it. I'm not the grouch that they're (laughs) referring to, by the way. He says, uh, hey, Reed and Rob, I can't understand why Tippett is uh, not playing Bouchard tonight. Thought he was great last game. Need to get him as much playing time to get him ready for the playoffs. Well, honestly, I don't think they're planning on using him in the playoffs, not to start with anyways. So uh, that's why the guys that you saw playing tonight uh, are the guys that I expect he's going to start the playoffs with, with the exception possibly of Chris Russell. Uh, If he's healthy, he may have been in the lineup. But to me, from what I've seen and listening to Dave Tippett talk, I don't believe Bouchard is in their top seven right now now that can change and injuries could come into play and he can get in and be fantastic but that's i mean he's played one game in the last eight weeks seven weeks six i don't even know what it is that doesn't look like a player that they're planning on using exclusively in the playoffs all right Oilers lose six three to the canucks canucks got four goals in the first 12 and a half minutes of the game dry scores twice pulley scored really nice goal by pulley mcdavid three assists he has 96 points the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, is 780-496-0063. We have Ken standing by. Hello, Ken. Thank you for calling. What's going on tonight, fellas? Doing well. Um, I'm not sure what to touch on. There's so many things in this conversation. I can hams, self-deprecating goalie <laughs> humor. Like, quite the show. <laughs> it was, it's one of those nights. Oh, tell me about it. Um... You know, I'm not paying attention to the rest of the league as much, but this kind of feels almost like exhibition season again. Like, we got new lineups every night. We got, you know, is everyone else doing this that's clinched playoff spots, or am I just crazy? Um, that's well, you're a, definitely not crazy. No, that's you, a really good point. And other, a lot of the other divisions, their playoff spots were clinched a, a while ago. I, I, the Oilers, 
are a little behind some of the other divisions. So honestly, I don't know. Uh, I I don't follow much of the other divisions. I don't watch them on TV because you never. There's no need because we're not going to see any of them until the end of June. But uh, I imagine there will be some rest uh, amongst other teams for certain players. But, yeah, you're, I fully appreciate the comment where you say it feels like an exhibition game. You're playing against a Vancouver Canuck team that missed 24 days or whatever with COVID. You're throwing in, like, they had a different pairing in the last two games on the third pairing. Different players right. coming in and out of the lineup. So, uh, yeah, I... I think especially here in Edmonton, it's been a long time since the Oilers have been able to rest and tinker and stuff before a playoff run. So it, it does look the, odd and strange. You're right. The, the thing that concerns me a little bit, and I've, I've called and talked about this before, but like Leon and Connor can't play on the same line in playoffs, can they? We can't win them like that. Like we haven't, we haven't solidified our yeah. second line yet. And we got, we don't have much time. I'm, I'm assuming we'll see something different against Montreal and things get serious here. But uh, that worries me. Like when we're, we're relying on one line and a hot goaltender, that's uh, that's a, re- a recipe for a little disaster, in my opinion. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I mean, they're in on almost every goal. I mean, I gave that stat the other night that McDavid had been in on, uh, I think, 55% of the Oilers' goals this season, and that would now go up because I think since then he's been in on uh, six of eight or well, seven of eight or probably something. probably in the last 15 games, I bet you it's closer to 70 or 80 percent the way they he's been going and the way the team has been scoring. I, I agree. I think that it is, it's always going to be an option for Dave Tippett to put the two of them together, and it'll depend on the situation of the game, which team they're playing, whether they're home or away, and he's really been hoping that somebody could grab uh, a second line and run with it, and I think there's been flashes from Nugent Hopkins, Cahoon, and Yamamoto, but there hasn't been production. And the Vancouver Canucks aren't the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets may have struggled as of late, but they're a much better team than Vancouver. And then if you get past them, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, you're talking one of the elite teams in the National Hockey League. So if they're not producing lines 2-3-4 against Vancouver, you know, how confident are you that you're going to be able to produce against Winnipeg and or Toronto so absolutely justifiable concerns and I think that's something that hopefully Dave Tippett in the next what do they have five games left four games left four now four to Vancouver to Montreal hopefully they'll be able to figure something out going forward because he does want to have that option to be able to put them together yeah Corey from Vancouver Island writing in he says tough loss for the boys bad night for Koskinen after several good ones maybe he should check the expiry date on the canned ham he eats before the game <laughs> Corey also says Kulikov has favorable analytics but to my eyes makes five alarm mistakes every single game is there pressure to give him ice time as a deadline pickup at this point I would prefer Lagason. that's from Corey uh, uh, yes I don't know if there's pressure but I think that you, you picked him up for a reason uh, you're going to give him uh, his leash would have been longer to start with than any others because you want him to find his footing here. You know, learning a, a new system, n- learning a new partner, going to a new team is difficult. Uh, I agree with the assessment that uh, I, almost every game there's been one play that you're like, you, I wish he'd take that play out of his game because that's uh, something that the Oilers don't need uh, to get themselves into more trouble in their own zone. Um, I, I don't think it's set in stone now that he will be one of the six starting. I think uh, Russell will push for that. Uh, Lagason, uh, I, I don't know if he's in the top six right yeah, now. I, I mean, or he'd be playing uh, a little bit more than he is. But yeah, Kulikov, I, I think they want a little more uh, safe safety out of him. I think there's some plays that he puts his team and himself in a position that probably he doesn't have to. All right, Oilers lose 6-3 to the Canucks. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That's presented by Japanese Village Restaurants, now offering takeout. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. Let's step back into the Zoom room. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. Um, you know, we couldn't stop the bleeding until it was uh, a little too late and, and uh, you know, put ourselves a little too far behind the eight ball. <clears throat> You hate to, to say that, you know, some losses are expected, but you guys have been on a roll for a while, and eventually Vancouver was going to find a way to win a hockey game. You can't keep it going forever, especially against the same team. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, t- you play the same team four nights in a row. Um, 
you know they're 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 bound to figure you out and and uh, and and put together a game. I mean they're a competitive group over there. They're not gonna you know just uh, just lay down and, and and go to sleep on us. So um, you know they they came out and did exactly what we thought they were gonna do, and you know we didn't respond uh, well enough. Derek Vandy's post media. <laughs> You guys, you guys have clinched the playoffs, but there's still a lot of emotion in this game. A couple of fights and some big hits, I guess. Is that kind of important to keep that emotional level high heading into the postseason, even though you guys have clinched already? Well, we definitely want that, I think. Um, you know, it's... Um, you know, and, and, and like I said, they're a competitive group. You know, we beat them twice in their building. They're going to come and, and have a pushback, and, you know, and they did. And I thought, uh, you know, physically we... Um, you know, we responded well. Um, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, obviously you don't like to lose, but, you know, it's not so bad to, to go through a game like that where it's a little physical and, and, uh, and the intensity was up. <clears throat> Thanks, Connor. Brian Rashad, TSN. <laughs> Connor, you guys, you haven't been losing a lot of games recently, and I imagine it's different, you know, as opposed to going through a run of games where it's happening a little more regularly. So when these do happen... What do you pull out of them? Like, how do you, what lessons do you try and grab from them, um, you know, moving forward? I think we've done a good job of responding after games like this. Um, you know, responding after losses. I think, you know, we've done a good job of coming out and, and, uh, and responding. Um, you know, just getting back to our game and, and, uh, and, and, and kind of regrouping. Um, that's all you can do. <clears throat> What kind of a tone has Dave Tippett set the last little bit here as you're heading towards the playoffs um, but still wanting to keep your level high? What's his expectation level been and how do you think you guys have done overall? Um, well, I think, you know, I mean, we keep saying it. You know, we want to go into the playoffs on a high note. You know, you don't want to limp into the playoffs. It's 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 not like a light switch where you can turn your game on and off. So, um, you know, we're obviously trying to keep ourselves ready. Um, you know, I thought tonight was good to, to keep the battle level high. Um, you know, so so that was a positive, I guess. But um, you know, in terms of our game, I thought our game wasn't good enough, and, and we need to get back to to the details and and uh, and you know, doing things right uh, for the last four here. <clears throat> Terry Jones, Post Media. Yeah, Connor, I'm curious. Uh, well, we've we've asked you uh, many times before here uh, how you feel about it. As you look at the way the rest of the world of hockey and uh, people uh, have embraced this 100-point uh, has that surprised you? Um, you know, I'm not a guy that uh, is really uh, listening to, to what other people are saying. Um, you know, I try to keep... Uh, keep that stuff uh, kind of in-house and, and uh, you know, I'm just trying to, like I said, I'm just trying to keep my game going and um, you know, it's obviously nice that, uh, you know, people are paying attention to that. You know, like I said, if it happens, it happens. If not, you know, it's not the end of the world. So, um, you know, we need to, to, to respond accordingly here and and uh, get our game back on Saturday night. <clears throat> and there's an extension to that. Uh, Leon said it the other day and a couple other players have mentioned it. Uh, how to you it's... Uh, just a number, but how the players on the team don't feel that way, how they've embraced it. Can you speak to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely appreciate all the support, uh, you know, from, from my teammates, um, you know, throughout the season and every year. Um, you know, it's always uh, always nice to feel that support. And, and uh, um, yeah. All right, that's Connor McDavid. He does get three assists tonight, 96 points. But the Oilers beaten soundly tonight, 6-3 by the Vancouver Canucks. It does mean a $300 donation to 630 Chet Centers Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates, serious injury lawyers. They're given $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Okay, 780-496-0063 is how you can reach us. We're looking for somebody to finish the play. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Picks it up at center, takes it way over to the left, comes in slowly. He'll wait, he'll backhand, oh, Demko got it with a left pad. I thought McDavid had that one, and Demko got it with a left pad and stops Connor McDavid on the penalty shot. Connor McDavid's fifth career penalty shot. He scored on his first one. He's been stopped all four times since. Vancouver wins 6-3. 
Thatcher Demko, pretty good performance by him. 39 saves, including that penalty shot stop. We're going to make him the fourth star for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual. Order your game day meal for takeout or delivery. Check out the menu at mrmikes.ca. The three stars tonight were Hamannick, McDavid, and Besser in that order. That was a good save by Demko. It was. Um, he, he was able to get his leg back uh, and force Connor to go up and over it. I just don't think Connor got it up. I think he meant to. He just uh, didn't get it up as high as he wanted because he had Demko was down and out, but he stretched out. Demko had a very good game tonight, a very good game. There were two or three times during this game where the Oilers had a ton of pressure, and if they were able to crack them and get that one goal, you think, okay, maybe they can come back, but Demko gave them the big saves when they need them. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll say good evening to Robert. Robert, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey guys, uh, 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 how's it going? Good. Well, I mean, you know what? I, I look at uh, I, honestly. I think I said I, I think tonight for Koskinen, and I would call it. A, I would honestly call it a one-off. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you guys agree, but uh, but I but I mean, like ever, ever since uh, Smith has been back, Koskinen, he's been. He's been really good tonight. Was a, tonight was just an off night for him. Yeah, the yeah the the third third and third and fourth goals were in my in my opinion weak. He should he should have had them. But I mean, you know what? I think he's a, a Koskinen has been really good most of the season. So I I think he I think you got to start him again on Saturday. I don't know what you guys think about that. Well, it sounds like they're going to start Smith. Uh, Tippett said that this was supposed to be Koskinen's game and it turned out to be Smith's game but he also said we're not going to alter the plan now maybe he changes his mind tomorrow but it, it looks like they're going to come back with Smith on Saturday and then they'll have three games remaining and I would think Kosk the, the plan is to get Koskinen one of those and again to we're if, if you're texting it about Alex Stalock I God bless you <laughs> I know Costin had a bad game tonight. Every time Tippett has been asked about Staylock, he has either deflected it or said, no, I'm not planning to use him as a backup. And again, they can change their mind. But I I think of all the players that Dave Tippett is, is concerned about getting into the lineup, and he's gotten a few guys yep. in the last three or four games, it doesn't appear to be Alex Staylock is, is one of them. Well, and, and Staylock, I mean... He hasn't played since last August. Um, he's battled illness between that and now. He's he's here as an emergency. That's it. That's why they picked him up at the deadline as an emergency goaltender. Um, and if and it, there's, I hope that we won't have to see him, because if we do come playoff time, that means someone has uh, probably been hurt. So uh, he's here for uh, a safety net in case something happens, and that's it. And I I know people. I mean, Koskinen has been good. He had a bad game. Koskinen had a bad game today, mm-hmm. but he has been very good since Mike Smith's come back. And you don't write him off because he had one bad game. Yeah. And if Stalock played one of the final four games and and had a, you know, a fifty save shutout, Smith's still your starter. Yeah. So. It's <laughs> Smith. Yes, I mean the plan is for Smith to play every game in the playoffs. Right, I would imagine. So I mean Alex Daylock, uh, he will be here in case needed, but that's the only reason. Got a message here on Twitter from uh, Riveting Riffs. Probably not his real name. <laughs> it's probably a handle. Would you play a healthy Slater Cuckoo over Kulikov? Um, not yet. Not, not yet, not I to would. begin no. with, no. No. I mean, again, it's been a long time since. I, I, how close is he to being back? I think they're hoping he's, he's gets cleared for the playoffs. The last tip said on him, which was in the last couple of days, that he's not cleared to play. But okay. he has been practicing for a while. I mean, yeah, if there's someone that you may want to get a game in before the regular season is out, if he's healthy, just so you, he's got something uh, under his belt before he goes in the playoffs, and you may need him. So, yeah, I'm sure that's a guy that would be... Uh, I mean, he might be higher on the depth chart than Bouchard. Bouchard's only coming in for certain players going out. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do like that they have, if healthy, and it's rare that all your defensemen are healthy, yep. but they do have 10 defensemen. Yep, they do. And you, you may need all of them at some point if you wind up going on a long postseason run. And Kulikov has, I, I mean, obviously he hasn't inspired a ton of confidence. And But again, it's, it's one or two big mistakes per game mm-hmm. that if he cut out because there have been a couple of games we've said well you know what yeah. didn't really notice him or you know what did did really seem to do much but he had a nice hit which in that pairing isn't so bad the the thing is that you worry and i'm not saying about him because i haven't seen him near enough to make that opinion but when you've got 700 games under your belt and you're still making the one or two big well yeah mistakes a game you're like okay does he is that something you're going to get out of your game because yeah. it's not like he's a young defenseman coming up. Okay, here's how we want to mold you. We want to get this away from what you're doing. And this is a guy that's been around forever. And uh, there have been a few iffy decisions he's made in the games that he's been with, uh, with the others. All right, Canucks win 6-3. We're going to finish the play with Alistair when we get back. We'll run through the out-of-town scoreboard, and you'll hear from Kyler Yamamoto. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Canucks four goals in the first 12 and a half minutes. They go on to beat the Edmonton Oilers 6-3 tonight at Rogers Place. McDavid does get three assists. Other action on the Edmonton Trailers scoreboard. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Gold for Canada at the under-18 tournament in Texas. The Oil Kings, Dylan Gunther, playing for Canada. 5-3 win over Russia to take gold. Oil Kings win their last game of the season. 3-0 in Medicine Hat. The Oilers, fin- uh, the Oil Kings finish the year with 20 wins, two regulation losses, and one overtime loss. No, no, it's, uh, I mean, there's a, a whole bunch that's sad about everything that's gone on over the last year and a bit. But I do feel also for these kids on this Oil King team, they, they've had two back-to-back great teams. Then neither team got to see what their potential was in a playoff, a Memorial Cup chase, any of those things. So you feel bad for them in that as well. But good on them that they were able to play this year and uh, good for Brad Lauer and the group for the type of season they put together. Maple Leafs beat the Canadians 5-2. They were up 4-0 in the first period in that one, not until the game was 17 and a half minutes old. Austin Matthews scored in the third period, his 40th of the year, and Cole Caulfield scored his third of the season for the Canadians. Uh, two Two very good goal scorers, one at the beginning of his career, one in the peak of his career. Uh, 40 goals uh, in a shortened season like this. Austin Matthews is having a great hockey year. Jeff Carter scored four times as the Penguins pounded the Sabres 8-4. I don't know if he had four goals all year. with. He's he's up to 16 now. Oh, is he? Oh, he did have? No, but uh, when he was with L.A. Oh, sorry, before Uh, the trade. But, uh, I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins keep winning, and uh, good on them. Uh, Sidney Crosby's had a fantastic year. There's going to be some good playoff series in that division as well. Drake Kajula, the former Oiler, two goals for the Sabres. He now has three on the season. The Devils upset the Islanders 2-1. It is the Bruins shutting out the Rangers 4-0. Louis' son, Jake, scored a goal tonight. Good got for a goal, Jake. Got a goal in that one. And it was the uh, Blackhawks beating the Hurricanes 2-1 in overtime to Brinkat with the uh, game winner in that one. He's a good player. That's his 29th of the season. He's having a fantastic year. Jeremy Swayman, the... Shutout for the Boston Bruins today. How many games has he played? He's had a he's, he's played played a good year. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize he played that many games. Nine forty six save percentage. They should play him more. Well, Amber Cheevers. <laughs> well, Cheevers is getting his mask fixed. They had to put a couple more stitches on it. He's the one that had this. Every time That's he right. got hit in the face, he'd put stitches where he would have been cut if he wasn't wearing the mask. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Alistair on the line. Alistair, how's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Do you want to talk about hockey or just try to win stuff? Well, yeah, Koskinen. I don't want to get into that. Yeah, he had a bad game. Whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, besides that, you know what? I'm just looking forward to our run because we've had a remarkable season, and I'm just looking forward to you know playoffs. And I wish we had fans in the stands, but. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. So, yeah, let's do this. All right, fair comment. Just for calling in, you're going to get a $50 sawmill gift card. What do we have here, Kellen? Into the Canuck end, through the middle, the nurse left side. Yamamoto shot, and Dippo just got enough of it. It just rolled wide as Yamamoto threw it on goal. He's got it in the right corner. 
Okay, I got a I got a question about Yamamoto for finish the play. Yamo played for the American team at the 2018 World Junior Tournament. They uh, the Americans won a bronze medal, and yep. the United States was the host country. What was the host city? Was it Buffalo or Kansas City? Buffalo. It absolutely was Buffalo. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics, courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Kansas City did briefly have an NHL team. We would have been very young. Uh, they did. I played in the minors when Kansas City had a team. Um, they were a lot of empty rinks or it was a very empty rink when we played there they did not have a huge fan base for hockey but i do recall uh, actually kevin constantine who eventually coached me in pittsburgh was a coach in kansas city for a while oh really yeah it's a nice town i enjoyed our, our trips to kansas city. well do they not have an nhl ready building there i think for the last few years was, um yeah i think they did the didn't? spirit center is am i thinking of the right uh am i thinking of kansas city I don't know. I mean, nobody on line or listening right now knows either, so you can say it. Oh, somebody They'll believe knows. you. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm just going to make up names of buildings. I guess I'm I good. do. I make up stuff all the time on air. Just don't tell anyone. That's not true. You just misremember things sometimes. <laughs> it's a difference than, uh, than making it up. Uh, well, so I go. <laughs> I just. Oh, it's called T Mobile Center. The, I Googled Spirit Center Kansas City, and the first thing that came up is the Center for Spiritual Living, which is it, that it's not big enough to host an NBA or NHL. It's more of a minor league facility. I'm not sure hockey is something that they are proud of at the. It was formerly known as uh, sorry, it was formerly known as the Sprint Center in Kansas City. I got my letters all jumbled up. It opened in 2007 concert by elton john oh was the uh, first event reginald it's still, so it seats nineteen thousand people so yes it could uh and they've hosted ncaa well they were trying like there was a hockey team that was talking because they've about been trying to get yeah. an nhl or nba team yeah well it wasn't when when they see now we're, we're thinking of stuff on the fly well, wasn't that they threatened weren't the oilers at one point i thought it was the penguins too where oh, before mario too. bought them the Oilers might have been like late 90s yeah. when we were. The Oilers might leave. But, but yeah, I, I think thought the Penguins might have been the team that was closest to going before Lemieux bailed them out. It, yeah, true. I mean, I was I was there in Pittsburgh when we went bankrupt one of the times. Because they've gone bankrupt twice, A couple right? times, yeah. I remember we get paychecks, and it was a race yeah. to the bank. Because I'm getting there before Yarmer cashes his check because there might not be enough money left for me. So guys are like, hey, Yarmer, someone wants to talk to you on the phone. Then we'd all run out to our cars, beat them to the bank. So it was that bad? Oh, yeah. I owe creditors. I was a creditor. They, they owed money, and we had to go to court to see who got paid out and stuff like that. It was really bad there. Peace. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, Robin Capilano says the Penguins thought about moving to uh, Kansas City. Thanks for checking in from uh, Capilano. What's your assessment? Here's another text. What's your assessment on Ryan McLeod? Doesn't have any points yet since the call-up. Uh, I, again, I, I think he looks good. I think he's looking confident. There is one shift tonight. He was flying. He went did circles in the offensive zone. Now, uh, you hope that eventually uh, some of his opportunities uh, will create offense. I do know that on the Oilers, if you're playing third or fourth line minutes with third and fourth line players, uh, there's not a lot of production. In all honesty, right now, almost all production is coming from two players on the first line. Uh, but I, I think he's played well. I think he continues to uh, show glimpses of what he's capable of. And to me, uh, he's a, a lock to, to start for the Oilers in the playoffs. I, I think they like... His speed, his speed, like, you notice him. And now I, you and I are in the, the, the rink here, and we got a fantastic view. When he's on the ice, you notice him because of his speed. So uh, the Oilers like that. He'll find he, he had a great opportunity tonight. He tried going backhand yeah. and just missed the net. He has a nice move. He had Demko beat. He just uh, misplayed the, the puck. It'll come. Well, he's better than Haas. I mean, he gives you more than Haas, and if he can kill penalties, well, he, he's, I guess his face-offs aren't great. But he, He's bigger, uh, but outside of dry settle most nights, nobody's face-offs are great. True. Uh, he's bigger than Haas. He's faster than Haas. Um, no, it, I, I think he's played well. 
he's still learning the game at this level, but I think he's played well. All right, we have Freddie on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. Hey, Freddie, go ahead. Well, i got a couple things. First, guys, when are you giving away the ham? <laughs> you know, I, I've been hanging on here waiting for the big prize, so I just would listen to that. Yeah, Number well, two. We give away more on Inside Sports, so you got to listen then, too. I, I didn't know about the ham either until tonight. It's not just you. Oh, big, big surprise. So Kansas City Scouts, I believe they're called. Yes. And correct me, guys, if I'm wrong, Don Cherry, was he not the first uh, and only coach? No, he was the coach when they became the Colorado Rockies. Ah, okay. Can, so I, I, Kansas the, City okay. went from uh, Kansas City to Colorado to New Jersey. Okay. All right. So who was the coach? I'm looking it up right coach? now because I don't know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got as far as Don Cherry. Thanks, guys. Uh, oh, those are the uh, – well, yeah, we'll look this up. Uh, where is it? I think it's got the captains here. Guy Sharon, who I've heard of, and Simon Nolay, who I have not heard of. Uh, no. But, yeah, it was Kansas City and then uh, Colorado, and then Colorado became New Jersey. So let's see who the – and Don Cherry coached the Colorado Rockies for one year after he was left uh, done in Boston. Kansas City scouts coaches. Hang on. S Sid Abel, Eddie Bush. There we go. And here's my favorite, one of my all-time favorite coaches, Bep. Bep Guidolin. How did you know that? Because I've heard people say his name before. Seriously? Because I, uh, I was really going to mess up that guy's last name. And, the, and then the Colorado Rockies. I mean, we had a coaching carousel here in Edmonton for a while. Uh, they had more than one per season. <laughs> John Wilson, Pat Kelly, Aldo Guidolin, Don Cherry, Bill McMillan, Marshall Johnston in six years. Is Aldo Guidolin's Bep's brother? We're just going to assume that they're related, Rob. <laughs> we're doing enough on the fly. We're unhappy. Like I, I brought up canned hams, and now everybody's freaking out about how to get one. Well, I seriously, we've been I giving them in. out on Inside Sports for like the, the whole well, last I, year. I should know that because I listen to all your shows. I just I must turn it off when you talk about the canned hams. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wow, we got a lot of people remembering the Kansas City Scouts. Yeah, so it went Kansas City, Colorado. New Jersey, and then it would, there were the Cleveland Barons, and then they kind of merged with the Minnesota North Stars, I think. Yeah, you're, uh, that's way before my time. Well, I was really little, but I just remember reading about stuff. <laughs> oh, reading, Be yeah. Before the Internet, I used to read. <laughs> no, I just Google stuff and read a couple sentences. Ah, I know enough! All right, you'll hear from Yamo. Oilers, tough one tonight. Lose 6-3 to the Canucks. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Okay, Hoaglander, 31 seconds in. Rathbone, first goal ever in the NHL. That was at 4.43. Hamannick, 6.33. Horlick, 12.22. Four shots, four goals for the Canucks. Koskinen smashes his stick. He's pulled. Dreisaitl scores on the power play. Pulley Arvey, great one-timer. Fantastic I mean, the, one -timer. The, the result of the game overshadows that. And really, Pulley Arvey's on a really nice stretch here. Played very well tonight. That line was very good again tonight. Had a ton of chances created. Almost got them back in the hockey game. But Pugliarvi uh, continues to impress and continues to improve. Grayevac in the second period. He was behind the icy line. Banked it off Mike Smith's name bar to make it 5-2 Vancouver. Dreisaitl. Another great goal. One-timer, long pass from Nurse. Great pass from Nurse. As he was on his back foot, threw it all the way across the ice. Uh, Drysettle was kind of sneaky behind the net, came out, found his spot, and no chance for Demko. But, yeah, that was... And at that point, you're thinking, huh, is there a little magic left? And then Besser put it away with 425 left in the third. Also a great pass tonight by Mike Smith, who got an assist on Drysettle's power play goal in the first. That was a great play. Uh, again, you, uh, when you are playing against the Edmonton Oilers, you have to understand what Mike Smith is capable of doing. We see it time and time again. Uh, the Canucks get the puck down the ice shorthanded uh, and a little bit lazy with their change. Mike Smith took advantage of it and turned it into a scoring chance and turned it into a goal. So uh, Mike Smith, uh, is, <laughs> he, he can pass as good as a lot of players in the National Hockey League and better than a lot too. All right, Oilers fall 6-3. Let's go back into the Zoom room. Here's Kyler Yamamoto. Kyler, obviously a, a tough way to start a hockey game. Uh, you know, 
how big a hill was it for you guys to climb? I mean, four goals is 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 a pretty you know pretty significant margin there. Well, yeah, it's tough. Um, anytime you start a game, pour down. Um, it's not the way you want to start, but, you know, that's on us. Um, that's not on Miko. Um, you know, we got to be a lot better in front of him and, um, you know, helping him out and, um, you know, keeping those pucks out of the net. Everybody's wanting to kind of round their games into form as the playoffs are coming around. Connor, where, I mean, obviously the goals haven't come maybe as much as you'd like, but where do you feel your overall game is right now as you're heading to the postseason? Uh, you know, I feel like my game, um, you know, my competes there. Um, you know, pucks just aren't going in for me right now. Um, you know, so still trying to work on that. But, um, you know, eventually they're going to go in. And, um, you know, I think once that happens, um, you know, it can only go up from there. So just keep working and, um, you know, keep shooting. Hugh Matheson, Post Media. Well, you mentioned when you're down four, it's very difficult. But there was an awful lot of time left in the game. Did it feel that way too, you know? It'd be different if you're down four and start third period, but you still had another 50 minutes in the hockey game to go. Yeah, we had a lot of time. Um, you know, unfortunately, we just couldn't couldn't find the back of the net. Um, you know, so it was a tough one, and um, you know, we needed better finding more ways to you know get to the back of the net. And but you know, um, it's tough. Um, you know, when you're down four zero, it's, it's tough to come back. So um, you know, I give a lot of props to Vancouver and um, you know coming out hot. Um, you know, but we got to do a better job. Daniel Ninja Bowman, The Athletic. Tyler, the uh, temperature in this game seemed to be pretty high. Do you, do you kind of maybe attribute that to uh, being in the middle of a four-game series with the, with the same team? Yeah, anytime you play a team um, four games in a row, it's going to be a, it's going to be hot. Um, you know, things are going to get heated. Um, you know, but you got to stay even keel. Um, you know, just keep moving forward. Um, you know, they had a really good game tonight. Um, you know, we got to put that one behind us and come back next game uh, even stronger. You're obviously, you know, a smaller player, but you said uh, recently, I think it was the Montreal series, how you like this style of, of play and you kind of embrace it. What is it about that that kind of you like and, and how maybe can this type of game help you uh, toward the playoffs here? Uh, I just love the compete. Um, you know, just being able to compete, um, you know, against those guys. Um, you know, I take honor in that, um, you know, winning puck battles. Um, so I think that's one thing that, um, you know, I really love about these games. All right, so the Oilers lose, the Leafs win. I mean, we know the Leafs are going to finish first, but they are uh, a point away from clinching first now and the Oilers remain a point away from clinching second place just to make things official and Winnipeg and Montreal still racing for third but Montreal has now lost a couple in a row so Winnipeg with four games left and a two-point lead and the Canadians with three games remaining so I mean it does look like Edmonton and Winnipeg but we still got to hash it out well Rob nowhere to go up but up on Saturday yeah if you're gonna have one of these off nights where where everything seems to go wrong for you from goaltending to big mistakes to frustration have it in the regular season against a team that you're not going to see again till next year so it was not a good night the Oilers have had a few of these this year they've been few and far between so forget about it and I look for a much better effort, both in net and amongst the players on Saturday. I look for a big comeback. Canucks win 6-3. They're going to do it again Saturday, 6.30 face-off show game at 8 here on 6.30 Ched. Get more on globalnews.ca or 6.30ched.com. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at 6.30 Ched. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.